You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Revelation 18, if you will, and we're going to try to finish up this chapter. We started it uh, two weeks ago. Last week, we had the privilege to have Brother Ryan Vanderbilt from Wilson Christian, and he taught... Uh, it was just a great lesson. He asked me ahead of time, he said, is it okay if I use a handout? And he said, I got my notes on my computer. Is that okay? And I said, absolutely. I said, if you're teaching from the Bible, we want it, we want it, we need it. And he taught from the Bible. It was such a great lesson, a great message. And I appreciate him. And uh, I hope we always, I hope we never get too, uh, too attached to a certain personality, a certain style. You know, I, I preach different from other preachers. Other preachers preach different from me. Uh, but I hope what's important is that they're preaching the Bible. If someone's preaching the Bible, I hope you're like a sponge. I hope you're just soaking it up. And I hope you're asking the Lord through the message, Lord, speak to me, show me something. Isn't it amazing how sometimes a, a different voice can say the same thing, but something clicks? Uh, with your children, that's true. Uh, the kids are out, so we can talk about them, right? Have you ever noticed you can tell your child something a hundred times? And it goes in one ear and out the other. And then they have a teacher at school or a Sunday school teacher or a youth pastor. Those youth pastors, I'm telling you what. You know, they, they say something the first time and, and, and your, your children come home and say, you're not going to believe what I learned today. And I'm thinking, I've been trying to teach you that for the last 10 years of your life, you know. But it, but it clicks. And, and you say, why is that? Well, it's a reminder that it's not us. It's not our message. It's God's message. It's God's word. But God uses human instruments and God uses different voices. And uh, I'm thankful for all the different voices we have in our church and in our lives that are all preaching the same message. We're not doing different messages. We're not pulling different directions. We're going one direction uh, with the message of the word of God. And so I'm thankful for that. Revelation 18 and verse number one, we started this, uh, this passage two weeks ago. And we said that this is the fall of Babylon. Now, in Revelation 17, we saw the fall of um, religious Babylon, uh, how that the Antichrist uh, turned on uh, the, the woman that represented and, and had all the religions gathered together. And we said that, that the Antichrist poured out his wrath against the religious part of Babylon. But now in Revelation 18, we're looking at another aspect of Babylon. This would be the political side or even the economic side of Babylon. Now, when we say Babylon, um, I don't believe we're talking about just a particular city on the map. Uh, Babylon represents the world system. It represents the, uh, the empire of the Antichrist during the tribulation. For instance, we would say today, if we were referring to Wall Street, well, we're not just referring to that one street that's you know named Wall Street, but we're referring to that uh, that 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 region, that uh, all that takes place with the finances and with the stocks and the trading and all of that. And so, when when God's talking about Babylon, He's talking about this this system, this political system uh, that has come into place under the Antichrist, of course, which is under the devil during the tribulation. We see in Revelation 18 that the uh, political system of Babylon comes tumbling down. 
But this is the wrath of God poured out. This is God Almighty pronouncing judgment against Babylon. Verse number one, after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory, and he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen. We said two weeks ago that, uh, that, that God used this angel uh, to deliver the message with his voice. And I want to remind us tonight that God has given us a voice. I'm not saying that you've got a voice to sing or you've got a, a voice to be loud or you've got a, a voice to project, but God's given you the ability to use your words for good and for God. And I wonder tonight, I wonder how strong our voice is. I wonder how powerful our voice is. I wonder how powerful our witness is. God has given us a voice. Remember what John the Baptist said? When John the Baptist came on the scene, he said, I am not that light. I'm just sent to bear witness of that light. I'm just the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And I hope we'll be a whole lot of voices that God can use to prepare the way of the Lord. We saw in verse number uh, three, we saw that Babylon was destroyed for their fornication. They were drunk with riches, the Bible says. And uh, it says in verse number three that they, uh, kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Boy, I tell you what, in, in, in the tribulation period, it's going to be all about stuff. It's all about money. It's all about things. It's all about possessions. Hmm. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Well, we're living in a society. I was listening on the radio. I think it was Brother Chapel was on the radio this morning. So if you listen to uh, Brother Chapel's broadcast, I'm just going to tell you what I heard him say today. He said, it's unbelievable. He said, we have so much stuff that our houses are filled with stuff. Our garages are filled with stuff. Our outbuildings, <laughs> and he has no idea in California, he doesn't have any idea how much stuff we've got here because we got more space for stuff out here. And he said, and he said this, he said, one of the, the gro most growing, uh, uh, fastest growing businesses in America is storage units because everybody's got to have storage units to store all the stuff that they have. And we've got so much stuff we don't even know what we have. Isn't that true? If you've ever worked with a, a storage unit, so many times those storage units get, 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 get filled and nobody ever gets in them. You forget what's in there. They have to auction them off. They have to uh, somehow get rid of them because there's so much stuff. And Fred, I want to I just push the reset button tonight and remind you that all that stuff you're accumulating, it ain't going with you. You're not taking it with, and I'm not taking it with when we go to heaven. The only thing we're going to have over there is the things that we have sent ahead. The treasures that we have laid up, not the, the stuff we're going to try to take with us. That's all staying. When that rapture takes place and that trumpet sounds, when you breathe your last breath and your body is laid in the ground, you're not taking stuff with you. And by the way, when you get to heaven, all that stuff that seems so important down here isn't going to matter anyway. But during the tribulation, stuff, materialism. We see in verse number five that the, the sins of Babylon had reached up into heaven and God remembered her iniquities. 
We saw in verse number six that Babylon was rewarded double according to her works. Uh, very similar to the Old Testament uh, 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 principle where the thief was required to restore double when that person stole. This is the wrath of God. This is the judgment of God. Verse 7, how much she hath glorified herself. Uh, Babylon, the world system under the Antichrist, it was all about us. It was all about, look at me. I'm so wonderful. I'm so great. Boy, this world, this world wouldn't make it without me. Oh, here's one. This church, it wouldn't survive without me. Well, I want to tell you this. This church would be just fine without you. This church would be just fine without me. You say, how come? Because it's not my church. And it's not your church. It's the Lord's church. And uh, God uh, giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's the one that's in charge. It's his work. But Babylon, had they, they had the mentality that it was all about self. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, in the last days, men shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And we know what happens when a person is consumed with pleasure and a person is consumed with pride. It always leads to destruction. We saw that two weeks ago. Tonight, we're jumping in verse number eight. We see that Babylon is destroyed by God, God's judgment. And the Bible says the destruction will come in one day. Notice verse eight. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord who judgeth her. You better mark that down. God is strong. God has not lost his power. God has not lost his ability. All the, the nations of the world, they think they've got it all figured out. They think they can do what they want to do. But all it takes is the word from God. And, and Babylon is wiped out in one day. It goes on to say that not only in one day, but in verse number 10, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Lord, speak to us, I pray. Help us not to miss what you have for us from your word tonight as we look at this chapter. Lord, we need you and we need our eyes open and we need our hearts ready to receive what you have for us that we might live our lives, not for this world, but that we might live our lives for eternity. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. We saw two weeks ago the force, the power of the angel. We saw the fall of Babylon, number three. We saw the focus of this world. It was all in stuff. We saw, number four, the, the forewarning, the, 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 the judgment was coming. And, and, and God even warned his people through the angel, said, come out from them. He said, what's that talking about? Well, there will be, during the tribulation, there will be people that will get saved during the tribulation period. Remember those two witnesses that were preaching and the 144,000 witnesses that will be preaching? There will be people that will get saved. And God warns his people. He said, you better get out because Babylon's getting ready to go down. Babylon's getting ready to be destroyed. There was a warning. But then we see number five. I want you to notice tonight we see the frailty. Here is the world system unified under the Antichrist. And this entire empire comes crashing down. Actually, it comes burning down in one day. Kind of reminds us of another Babylon in Daniel chapter 5. Remember that story? I think I mentioned it two weeks ago at the end, but it was Belshazzar, who he thought he was so great. He thought he, was, uh, he had it all figured out. And the Bible says there was the handwriting on the wall. 
And Daniel interpreted that writing. Many, many, Tekel Yefarsan, uh, you've been weighed in the balances. You've been found wanting. Your kingdom is going to be divided to the Medes and Persians. And the Bible says in that same night, we're talking about the greatest empire in the world. It went down in one night. How does that happen? Because God said so. Because when God pronounces judgment on a nation, when God pr pronounces judgment on a people, that is not anything that you're going to get away with. That is something that it will happen. And here God prophesies, God gives us the prophecy, God uh, uh, predicts the fall of Babylon because of the judgment of God. We see the frailty. It all comes down. Verse number 9. It says, and the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her, they shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Now, I don't know exactly how this judgment's going to come. God could send fire and brimstone like he did with Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know. But I believe God can do it however he wants to. But do you realize that even right now, do you realize what nuclear capabilities are? I was doing some research, and of course, this was uh, back in 1945. As a matter of fact, August 9th, 1945, that bomb was dropped on uh, Nagasaki. And when that bomb was dropped in 1945, 40,000 people died instantly. We're not talking about the after effects. We're talking about instantly 40,000 people. A few days earlier, when the bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, 80,000 people died instantly. That was 1945. The technology that is out today and the, the, the nuclear warheads, did you know there's about 12,000 nuclear warheads that exist today? Did you know that one nuclear bomb, if it were dropped on New York City, they estimate just one. We're not talking about 12,000, we're talking about just one could wipe out a quarter of a million people instantly. Now, I'm just telling you, you take God out of a place and you take Christians out with that rapture and you take the Antichrist coming into power and you, you take that strong delusion that comes across people and you take those people that are getting the mark of the beast and you take all of that in this world is, is, is under the authority of Satan? Can I tell you what? This world is going to be a wicked place. And during the time of the tribulation, God is finally going to say enough is enough and he's going to destroy Babylon, this, this system, this political system, all of it, the Bible says in one day, actually one hour. The Bible says in verse number 11 that the merchants uh, will be weeping and mourning. You say, why are they weeping? Because nobody's buying their stuff. 2001, there was the dot-com bust. Some of you remember that. Boy, that dot-com bust, it, things were going and things were booming and all of a sudden it came to a screeching halt with the technology. 2008, the housing market took a crash. And can I tell you, we're not talking about a dot-com bust. We're not talking about a housing market crash. We're not talking about a pandemic. We're talking about the judgment of God being poured out and unleashed upon this world during the tribulation period. The Bible says the merchants will weep and mourn because of what they have lost. Verse number 10, I think this is interesting. 
verse 10, when Babylon is destroyed, the Bible says they will be standing afar off for fear of her torment. Uh, you know, all these merchants and all these people that had used Babylon and had become rich because of Babylon, you know what they're doing when Babylon is destroyed? They're standing as far back as they can be. They don't want to be caught in all that judgment. Can I tell you, that's the way the old devil works too. Boy, he'll get you in trouble, he'll get you in a mess, and then he will get as far away, and he'll point the finger, and he'll kick you while you're down, and he'll, he'll tell you how terrible you are. Uh, he'll stand afar off, but aren't you glad we have a God that doesn't stand afar off? Aren't you glad we've got a God who knows what it is to draw nigh uh, to his people? But we see Babylon destroyed. We see the frailty, number five. Number six, we see the fire, the judgment of God, of uh, the, the smoke of her burning in verse number nine. The Bible says in verse number 11, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. It's, again, it's all about money. It's all about stuff and nobody's buying the stuff. Nobody's spending the money. It's all gone. Of course, the Bible tells us that, that someday uh, everything temporal will burn up. You understand that, right? Uh, that, that, that after the, uh, the, the tribulation and after the, uh, the, the millennial reign of Christ, the Bible talks about in Revelation that there will be a new heaven and new earth and, and the former things are passed away. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, the day of the Lord will come in which the, the elements, the earth will melt with a fervent heat. Someday, everything that is temporal is going to be all burned up. That's why, I don't know who said it, but somebody said this. They said we should all live for things that outlive us. Uh, don't live for here. Don't live for now, but live for eternity and live for the Lord. We see the fire, number uh, six. Number seven, we see the finality. It's all gone. It's all destroyed. Verse number 12, we see some of the things that they were so enamored with. It says the merchandise of gold, silver, and precious stones of pearls and fine linen, purple and silk, Scarlet, uh, thion wood, that was a wood that was used for uh, incenses. All manner of vessels of ivory and all manner of vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble. Uh, all the, the palaces of the world, all of the most beautiful homes, the most beautiful buildings, all of the most uh, ornate and expensive furniture, all of it someday, it's going to be burned up. The Bible says in cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil. Fine flour and wheat, beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. Notice that in verse 13. I want to draw your attention to that. It's all gone. You say, what, are, what is it talking about here with slaves? Well, at the time that the book of Revelation was written, about one-third of the Roman Empire was made up of slaves. Uh, that is how people were able to get their money. That was how people were able to get their wealth by the people that they had working for them. But notice what it goes on to say in verse number 13. It, it doesn't just say slaves, but then it says, and souls of men. That word slaves is an interesting word. It, 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 it talks about bodies. Now, it says they could be corpses, which in this case is not talking about corpses, but it's talking about living bodies. Did you know there are people today who are slaves, not to a person, but there are people that are slaves to a bottle? Did you know there are people today, they're, they're slaves to a pill, 
Uh, they're, they're slaves to uh, uh, some lust or they're slaves to some sin or they're, they're slaves to some, maybe a job, maybe to a bank account, maybe to a hobby. I don't know what it is, but people today are slaves to so many different things. I think about people that are slaves to gambling. Um, yeah, that, oh, I'll talk more about that later. I got, got something else to say about that. People are slaves. Some people are slaves to technology. Hello? And I'm not just talking about the young people. They're out of here. I'm talking about some adults, slaves to technology. But the Bible says that there were slaves, and then it says, and souls of men. Did you know Satan's not just after your body, although he wants to destroy your body? But Satan's after more than just your body. He's more after more than just the outside. He wants what's inside. He wants your heart. He wants your, 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 your testimony. He wants your passion. He wants, your, he wants everything that you are. That's what Satan wants. And we see that during the tribulation time, there will be the slaves and souls of men that will be given over to materialism, to stuff, to the Antichrist. The Bible makes it very clear in this passage. It's all gone. It's all destroyed. The Bible says in verse number 15, again, it says that the merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. Boy, that city, they had all the riches. They had all the gold. They had all the best. That word, uh, uh, decked, it means to be adorned. Everything was just picture perfect. And it was all gone. And friend, friend, I want to tell you, that's all that the devil has to offer you is just that which is temporal. That's all the devil has to offer you. As a matter of fact, that's where it starts and it goes down from there. You say, well, hey, I could have a, a good job and I could have a lot of money and praise God if you have that and you use it for the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. But you better watch out that you don't become a slave to that. You better watch out that that doesn't consume you. It's okay for you to have stuff. It's not okay for stuff to have you. But we see that this city had it all together. Babylon had it all together. But verse 17, in one hour, so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off. Now, this was interesting to me. I'm not, I'm not much into sailing. I'm not much into boating. I'm not much into all that. But did you know that there are ships in the world, cargo ships that can carry up to 24,000 containers? One ship. I'm talking about like containers that you would put uh, on a, a train or containers that you would put on the back of a semi-truck. And there are ships that can, can, that can, uh, can haul, uh, move, transport 24,000 containers. There are 6,000 of those ships around the world. Each of those ships could hold up to 24,000 containers with stuff. I was reading about in 2020, there was one ship that was damaged in a storm, it started to sink, and some of the, uh, the, the containers were, were knocked over and damaged, and that one ship lost 1,800 containers at sea. Now, I don't know what company that was, but that was a big loss. 
When you lose 1,800 containers in one voyage, you know, that's, that's not going to look good on the books. But all these ships are out at sea, and they can't come into the, the port. They can't, they can't bring their goods in because everything's destroyed. And they're out there thinking, what are we going to do now with all this stuff? And friend, I want to tell you, there's coming a day in the lives of many people that you may have a lot of stuff, but you're going to lose what really matters. And when you lose what really matters, you're going to say like these merchants, now what do we do with all this stuff? The, the stuff doesn't satisfy. The stuff doesn't bring joy. The stuff doesn't bring uh, true meaning and purpose in life. Only Jesus brings true meaning. Only Jesus brings true purpose. But the destruction comes. And the people in the ships and the shipmasters, uh, they're, they're literally, they are weeping and wailing because everything that they've lived for is gone. It says in verse 18, and they cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what city is like unto this great city? They, they thought, this could have never happened. And friend, I want to remind you that the Bible says, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. These people never saw it coming. Uh, th th this, this system of Babylon, this world system, it was, it was moving, it was going, it was, it was the place to be. And they never thought that it could happen to them. I want to remind you tonight, friend, that except for the grace of God, we could be the next tragedy. We could be the next heartache. We could be the next heartbreak. And so here's what I'm trying to say is every day we ought to fall on our faces before God and say, God, I'm nothing. I can't do it without you. Lord, if you don't help me, I can't make it through the day. God, if you don't help me, I'm not even sure I can make it to lunchtime. But God, I need you. May God help us to have that spirit of humility rather than a spirit of pride. Verse number 19, the Bible says, and they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein uh, we were made rich, all that had ships and in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Verse 20, I want you to notice this verse. The Bible says, the angel gives the message and says, Rejoice over her. Now, wait a minute. Those shipmasters are not rejoicing. They're weeping. The merchants are not rejoicing. They are in disbelief. They're in shock because everything they've lived for is gone. But here's what the angel says. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. I see next, I see in this passage, I see for God's people, it takes some faith. It takes faith to believe that although we are living in this world, this is not our final home. It takes faith to believe that we are better off serving God than we are serving ourselves and serving the world. That takes faith. You know why it takes faith? Because if you pull out your wallet, you can hold bills in your hand. If you, if you look at a, a bank account, you can see those numbers and you can go withdraw it all if you want to. But we can see that. And so it takes faith to believe that the treasures in heaven are better than the treasures on earth. 
And here, when all the treasures of earth are destroyed, the angel says, you can rejoice now. You can be happy now. Not the world is rejoicing, but the heaven is rejoicing. The apostles are rejoicing. The prophets are rejoicing because God did what he said he would do. And I want to remind you tonight that you can trust God that he will always do what he said he would do. It may not look like it. You may not feel like it. You may be here tonight and you say, well, pastor, all week long, that old devil's been beating me up, telling me I'm wasting my time and I'm wasting my breath and I'm wasting my life. Well, I got news for you. That old devil's a liar. You can't believe a word he says. But you can believe every word that God says because God is true. And God did what he said he would do. God avenged his people. And I want to remind you tonight that God says that vengeance belongs to him. That's his area. That's his job. That is his authority. It's not ours. Sometimes we like to help God out, don't we? I know God said that vengeance belongs to him, but I'd like to maybe see if I could chip in a little bit. Friend, don't do it. Don't go down that road. Don't try to settle the score. You let God take care of that. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. And Revelation 18 shows us that God did exactly that. He avenged his people. Verse number 21, there's a mighty angel. And that mighty angel, the Bible says, he took up a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, uh, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. You take a big old stone and you throw it down the ocean. Guess what? It ain't coming back. And God made it clear that this judgment on Babylon, this judgment on the Antichrist, it was final. And I'm glad that we serve a God who finishes what he starts. He's not just going to finish judgment, but I want to tell you this. God's going to finish in you and me the work that he started. How many of you are glad that God's not done with us yet? Hallelujah. He's still working. But God will finish what he starts. Verse number 22 says, And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. There's no more joy in Babylon. Uh, there's no more activity. There's no, uh, uh, there's no enjoyment. Verse uh, number 22, And there'll be no craftsmen of whatsoever craft he be, shall be found any more in thee. The sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. There's no more work getting done in Babylon. It's all done. It's all finished. Verse 23, And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. <laughs> and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. Now think about that. No more weddings. No more joy. No more happiness. No more enjoying just the, the normal things of life that you and I would say. But I think it's so interesting when God says there will be no more voice of the bridegroom and of the bride in thee. Because there will be no more voice of the bridegroom down here. But guess where we're going to be? We're going to be in heaven having a marriage supper of the Lamb. And guess where we're going to be? We're going to be with the bridegroom. 
We as the bride of Christ, those who've been saved and born again, the bride of Christ, we're going to be with the bridegroom in heaven having a supper. And guess what? There's going to be a whole lot of singing going on up there. There's going to be a whole lot of rejoicing. There's not going to be destruction and judgment up there. That's all down here. But we're going to be in a place where there'll be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. Isn't that amazing how God uses that illustration to talk about what won't be down here, but we know what will be up there. It says in verse 23, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, past tense, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Boy, we're living in a society already that is being deceived. That word sorcery, I don't have time to get into that, but that word sorcery is where we get our word drugs. There's been a lot of people that have been deceived by drugs. There's been a lot of people that have been deceived by alcohol. There's been a lot of people that have been deceived by things that took control of their lives. Verse number 24, And in her, Babylon was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. We see in verse number 24, we see that Babylon had killed the prophets and Babylon had killed the saints. Tonight, I want to say, the world doesn't think much of you and me. The world system is against God. And so don't be, dis don't be surprised. Don't be shocked when the world attacks us because they crucified our Savior. But the world can launch the attacks and they can hurl the insults and the day may come where they try to persecute God's people. But Revelation 18 reminds us that we're on the winning side. And I'm glad that we're not living for what's down here. We're not living for the trends and we're not living for what's going to happen in D.C. and what's going to happen in the Middle East and we're not living for what's going to happen down here. We're living because of what already has happened and because of who is on the throne. I'm glad I know Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The world hates God, the world hates the people of God. The world has rejected God and his word. But God reminds us in 1 John chapter 2, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. May God help us to be faithful to his word and to do his will. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.